Hey, this is Sean Tepper, the host of Top Stocks, a podcast where I provide quick tips on investing without the fluff. This is a no-nonsense, to-the-point podcast where my goals help you make more confident decisions in the stock market. Let's go. Should I buy Adobe stock? Let's find out. We're going to do a 4M checklist to determine if this stock is a good buy, hold, or sell. We'll start with that math part of investing. That's what Ticker does for us. That's the margin of safety. And then we'll talk about the meaning, moat, and management. Let's dive in. So before I dive into the 4Ms, I'd like to give a little history of the company. This will give us good context of where the company has been and where it's going. So Adobe was founded in 1982. The first product was for printers. It was a product called Adobe PostScript. Then I thought this was fun. In 1982, Steve Jobs attempted to buy Adobe for $5 million, but the founders declined. And what ended up happening is Steve Jobs bought 19% of the company for over five times a multiple of the company. So he paid over price at that time, but ended up being a great company to invest in because we've seen what this company has done through the years, especially their share price has been incredible. But I thought that was really interesting. Um, moving on to other products, in 1987, PostScript, that's that printer software, became the industry standard for more than 400 different third-party software platforms related to printing. So that's really where they got their start was a printing industry. And then it was in um, really moving from the mid to late 80s is when some of the more popular products started to come out. So the first product was actually Illustrator vector-based drawings. Um, Then in 86, they went public. 1986, that same year, they released Photoshop. That's a product most people have heard of. 1991, they released Premiere. Adobe Premiere is it's pretty much the industry standard today for editing videos. But at the time, in the 90s and then early 2000s, the two of the big players were Final Cut Pro. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That's an Apple product. And then Avid, for you movie nerds out there that work in the movie industry, Avid was the standard for a long time. But anyway, then moving on to 1993, they released PDF. And then in 94, that's when they started to make acquisitions. This is important to keep in mind. Um, Businesses, especially well-established businesses, adopt a buy-before-build philosophy, which means it's much better to buy other businesses than to build from scratch. If you have to build, there's a long timeline to find product market fit, work out the bugs, build up a customer base, and build up revenue where it's much faster should just go ahead and buy another business. If you look at the, you know, we're big on the fundamentals here at Ticker. We look at the uh, the income statement, the cash flow statement and balance sheet. The software does it for us. But that cash flow statement, we like to look at free cash flow. If there's a lot of free cash available, businesses can use that to buy other businesses. They can also use it for like marketing, research and development. Um, But a great place to be is, hey, you've got, you know, $100 million available, you can buy another company. That's that's a great place to be. Otherwise, you go over to the balance sheet and you see where that fall on the debt line item. That's when a, a business has to take out a loan from a bank and then they can go buy another business. But again, much faster to buy other businesses before build. So that's when they started 
buying other businesses. So this is brings us to 1994. They acquired all this corporation. Nobody knows about this company, or at least not too many people, but that included After Effects. That's kind of like the go-to standard in Adobe for animation. Then I'm going to kind of uh, speed things up here and talk about um, there are a few other acquisitions in there, including Macromedia. Um, that included products like Adobe Dreamweaver, which is still around, uh, Flash and Flex. They kind of went uh, to the wayside a few years back because uh, iPhones do not work with Flash. There was a whole debacle in history here about uh, uh, Apple not allowing that product. So then um, they had to switch to using HTML5. But anyway, Macromedia was a really solid investment. A lot of platforms within that. Again, buy before build. But uh, everything really leads up to this is my favorite point in history of this company is when they switch from those CDs. Those of you who have been a Adobe fan for years, remember those. You'd buy like, I think the biggest uh, price point of the Adobe suite was like over $1,000 for all the, the platforms, all the software, and you get those on those CDs. Well, in 2013, Adobe threw that aside and said, hey, we're going to be cloud-based cloud-based SaaS, and instead of doing this one-time price, it would be a monthly subscription. And that's the way to go. A lot of businesses have followed suit, especially in that transition point in the 2000s, moving into the early teens. Um, let's get away from CDs and move to a SaaS model. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll kind of speed up here. Um, a lot of acquisitions through the years leads up to 2022 is when conversations have been happening around the purchase of Figma. And the government, U.S. government, is pretty much putting a hold on this because, well, it's going to make Adobe look like a monopoly, pretty much. Because Figma, it's a great product for user experience designers. Um, if you're doing a lot of wireframes or web applications, you can quickly take those designs from Figma, move them into development, and um, get an MVP or get, get your new features out much faster. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk about the that first M, which is the margin of safety, that's the math. So we're gonna jump over to ticker. And within the platform, you can see the score is 61 out of 100. Higher the score, the safer the investment. We wanna look for those high score stocks, but this stock has a zero margin of safety as you see in the middle of the screen. Um, it's not a big risk because there have been quite a few tech stocks that have gone to margin of safety of 0%. What that's driven by is that EPS. EPS is the earnings per share. Every quarter, you have your earnings statements. And what we want to see is there's the expected, which you'll see a lot of analysts out there. Hey, here's the expected EPS and here's the reported. We want to see that reported beating the expected. Well, in this case, especially with Adobe, the EPS has been declining a little bit, meaning the that's really net income divided by outstanding shares. So it's very similar to net income. And essentially what this means is profitability has declined a little bit. This has happened in the past, um, especially with tech stocks. So, so that's pretty much what it's telling us. But that score going back there, that's pretty good. 61, anything over 50 is what we want to see. So let's take a closer look at the financial statements just to see what's going on. Let's take a quick commercial break. If someone tells you to buy a stock, the last thing you should do is buy that stock. The first thing you should do is ask why. Unfortunately, we can all have friends in our friend circle that seem to know everything about business and investing. 
or you may come across influencers on YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, Twitter, and the list goes on that are giving really bad stock recommendations and investment advice. The question is, how do you determine if what these people say is good advice or bad advice? And that's where Ticker can help. And here's a little trick. When somebody says some stock they think is going to 10X the returns the next year or some new hot stock they have to buy today, I usually ask why. And at the same time, I always go over to Ticker, punch in that Ticker symbol or company name to truly find out if it's a strong business or a weak business. Of course, don't take my word for it. We always tell people go over to Trustpilot and see what our customers have to say right now we have a 4.9 out of five. If you're interested in a free trial, go ahead and sign up at ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. All right, back to the show. When we go to the yearly, uh, this is picture perfect. You're seeing the revenues increasing year over year, which is excellent. And as mentioned, that EPS, net income, very similar. They're kind of flat. There's even a slight decline. That's why it's at 0%. Okay, then you look at free cash, and that's also exactly what we want to see, increasing year over year, which is great. Then let's check out the balance sheets. With the assets, that's something we want to see increasing. It has. It's kind of gone flat the last year or two, which is okay. And equity, we want to see increase. Same situation. This is kind of leveling off. Um, liabilities and debts, these numbers we want to see increase, but it's not the worst thing in the world if you see them increase by a little bit. Liabilities will increase for two reasons mainly. Number one would be payroll, biggest expense in a business are people. So as businesses hire more people, that means payroll is increasing. So that can be a good thing. In manufacturing businesses, you have to buy uh, large equipment, expensive equipment. You also have to buy real estate if you have you know, a lot of locations. So that's why liabilities will increase there. With debt to sometimes, if you can't fund things yourself, again, going back to getting loans, you take those loans out and you can meet payroll, you can buy equipment, you can buy new land. It's a good place to be. Now, this is good to see is we're seeing the debt has been flat, which is, that's a good place to be. As you see your revenue increasing, but your debts remaining flat, that's awesome. So in this case, company is overall financials are looking really good. It's just that, again, going back to that net income and EPS, slight decline, not the end of the world from the the margin of safety standpoint. So that's why you see that 0% margin of safety and ticker. Um, so far, I'm still saying, hey, this is a pass on that first M, but let's keep going. Let's talk about that business model. So Adobe really has three main segments of the business. You have your digital media, which is the, um, that's all the products we're familiar with. You could call them B2C and B2B SaaS. Those include, I mentioned some of the platforms earlier, which include Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, Premiere Pro, After Effects, Dreamweaver. There's a few other platforms in here I've not used, but they really fall into that Adobe Creative Cloud. Now, as mentioned, this is B2C, but also B2B. There are large companies, especially ad agencies, they might have 100, they might have 500, you know, creative people on staff. Well, what they'll do is they'll purchase licenses at that enterprise level from Adobe. And it might just be, hey, we're going to buy X amount of seats and we're off and running. But a great place to be, and we'll get to the competition here in a second, 
but uh, there's so many tools and what's really cool about the tools is they you can open up uh, like a file on one platform save it and, and then open it up on another platform to do other work on it it's just incredible on how this ecosystem of tools works together there's really nothing out there as robust as adobe especially from a creative standpoint um, but let's go to segment two um, so digital media, just to back up, that's 73% of revenue, 25% is from digital experience. This really encompasses, this is, or I should say, this is more B2B enterprise. So I remember working at a company, we had to implement the Adobe Experience e-commerce platform, and it was about a $10 million project. Now, for those of you who work in the agency worlds or are familiar with some of these products, you have WordPress, you have Squarespace, you have Wix, and those are good platforms for small and mid-sized businesses. Especially if you're a small business and you just want like a five-page website up, I recommend you don't even go with WordPress because it can break. I recommend Squarespace and Wix. It's considered closed source, which means you can't edit the code, change plugins, do all this fancy stuff, which you really don't need to. Um, WordPress, you can do that. It's open source. You can do all the edits. But, but in summary, these platforms are for small businesses. For big business, they typically don't go with WordPress, Wix, or Squarespace. In this case, Adobe is a great product, especially the e-commerce solution. When you have tens of thousands of products or SKUs, and each SKU can have five to 10 different photos against it, different pricing variations. These small platforms will not work. You need something as robust as Adobe's e-commerce platform. And uh, that's why it's a great tool for big, big business. Um, but let's talk about some of the platforms within this Adobe Experience Cloud. So you've got a journey optimizer, which really tracks and monitors all the data points between a customer's journey from like, entering into or becoming a lead, where they visit on the site, what buttons they click, all the little details so you can really monitor and measure the behavior and use that data to optimize the platform and just, you know, obviously make it sell more efficiently. Um, analytics is built in. There's also Marketo. Marketo was a separate company. Adobe bought Marketo. Marketo is automated email systems. Then you've got, uh, I'm looking here, this is a big one, Experience Manager Assets. This is a damn uh, digital asset management. So with all the photos, let's say you've got 10,000 SKUs and each SKU has 10 photos against it. That's a lot of media images and that can chew up a lot of server space. So what you need is when you have a big e-commerce site is you have what's called a dam. Again, digital asset management to keep track of and house all those files. Well, that's automatically built into this solution. It's, and it allows you to scale. So as you add more products and add more photos, it automatically organizes things nicely for you. Um, just moving on here, they also have like a form builder. It's similar to DocuSign, like Acrobat Signs it's called. Just PDFs, you can pretty much sign right there on the platform. So a really impressive tool. Again, this is for big business, usually e-commerce. Um, we'll get to the competition here in a second, but it's, uh, it's again, the ecosystem is incredible. With Adobe, you can do a lot of powerful stuff. Okay, moving on to the third category. This is the publishing and advertising area. This is 2% of revenue. This includes high-end printing as well. Looks like licensing technology to OEMs. That's original engineering manufacturers. 
very small part of the business, but they're still, it looks like a legacy product. In other words, a product that's been, or a service that's been a, around for a long time. They don't want to cut this off. There's probably good relationships there, and they're probably upselling some of these other products, including the digital solution at enterprise level. So that's why they probably have this part of the business still functioning. But uh, anyway, let's keep moving here. I want to touch on the news real briefly with news as investors, we shouldn't be too worried about like, you know, if something happens today or tomorrow or the next day, we're long-term investors. So we want to be aware of what's going on in the company, but it should not drive our buying or selling decision. There's investors we talk to all the time, they immediately buy a stock and their next big question is, okay, so when do I sell? That's the wrong question. You need to be asking yourself the question, when should I buy more? Long story short, it's stockpiling. When the market goes down or something's happening in the industry that pulls all stocks down, that's what we want because that's when we should be buying good businesses. Um, but anyway, going back to the news, the big one is that's going on as we speak. It's been going on for over a year, which is Adobe buying Figma. I mentioned earlier that the US government is saying, hey, time out. This is gonna turn Adobe into a monopoly. For investors, that's a good thing. Like taking the whole markets or close to Figma is a cool tool. So this is still ongoing. I did a little Google researching over the last few days to see, hey, what's the resolution of this situation with Adobe buying Figma? It's still in progress. I hope it goes through. I think there's ways they can go about it to make sure that, you know, other platforms can come into the market and be competitive. But um Right now, we're just going to have to wait. So when that does go through, Adobe investors, that's going to be a great time to buy more. Okay, so moving on to the competition. Since Adobe really doesn't have a direct competitor, we have to break it down based on the uh, different revenue streams. So the first competitor on the list would be Apple. And the main product there would be Final Cut Pro. That used to be one of the industry standards, as mentioned in the movie industry, TV industry. Um, it was probably a better product going back 20 years. Final Cut Pro was really the go-to standard next to Avid. Well, because of Adobe's ecosystem with Premiere, then you have After Effects for animation, and you've got all these other creative tools kind of intertwined. You can do cool stuff between them. There's a lot of creators out there that would argue that today Premiere is the go-to. I even know people who work in the movie industry. They're like, yeah, we we switched to Premiere. It's, it's becoming the standard. Um, so with that in mind, Apple is worth paying attention to. But of course, Apple's a completely different model in most cases. So it's not a direct competitor, but that one product would be. I mentioned Wix. Wix is a public company. Squarespace is not. Great for small and mid-sized businesses. You can create websites really fast. I've worked with people who, like, for example, a friend of mine was like, hey, I have a nonprofit I'm helping out. They need a new website. How much is this going to cost? They're getting quotes from agencies that are charging like 5, 10, 15 grand for a WordPress site. I'm like, uh, no, let's sit down. I'll get you set up with a Wix site. In one hour, you'll have a five-page website. And that was it. It's just the way to go. These SaaS-based, closed-source Platforms are wonderful, but it's not really that uh, robust to satisfy the needs of a large corporation. Again, some overlap, but they're not really a direct competitor. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you want free access to a ticker course of your choice? 
There are two ways to do this. Option one, if you use an iPhone, we're looking for a Top Stocks podcast five-star review. Simply go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Option two, if you don't use an iPhone, then you obviously can't use Apple Podcasts, which means we're looking for a five-star review on Ticker. Simply go to the Ticker homepage, just go to ticker.com, look for the Trust Index logo, it's right at the top of the site, click the logo, and you can either leave a review on Trustpilot or Google. Now, in order to get free access, you need to send us a screenshot. So please take a screenshot of your review and send it to support at ticker.com. But again, you can either leave a review on the Top Stocks podcast or on Ticker itself. We'll pick a new winner every week and send a coupon code so you can gain access to a course of your choice. Okay, back to the show. Okay, let's keep going. Then we have Google. And the reason I put them on the list is they have a product, they have Google Analytics, which is good for basic analytics with your software, your website, your e-commerce platform. But a level above that, better suited for enterprise would be Google Analytics 360. Now, if you're a, a large company that has um, a pretty big platform, like an e-commerce platform, and you don't use Adobe, then you do need analytics, and that's where Google can help you out. But... With uh, Adobe, obviously, if you go with their digital um, e-commerce platform for enterprise, in that case, you can just use Adobe's analytics and you're going to be in a great position. But um, yeah, in this case, Google, some overlap, kind of like the Wix situation, not direct, but it's worth just mentioning. Now let's move on to Shopify. Shopify is, I would say, more robust, especially for... Um, mid-size and large corporations. I don't see a lot of large, like super large corporations using Shopify for e-commerce. It's really good for, I know a few entrepreneurs out there, they want to get started with an e-commerce site. Again, probably don't waste your time with WordPress. It has its place, but it can break a lot, especially with plugins. Those of you who are developers know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Shopify, you can get up and running pretty quick. You can simply add your PayPal or your Stripe payments, add a few products, their images, get your uh, configuration set up and you're off and running that same day. It's great. Now, with Shopify, if you get to thousands of products, that's where you may run into some issues. You want to go with Adobe. They're going to be better suited for that big business, but there's a little more overlap with Shopify than there is with Squarespace or Wix. Then another e-commerce platform worth mentioning, not as popular, would be Big Commerce, and a similar circumstance, more small, mid-sized businesses, not so much that enterprise level. But in summary, when you take the score against all these platforms, the best of the best in this case against the competition is actually Adobe. They have the highest score. Apple is tied at 61 as well as of today, but we can see those scores in the MOS change with each of these stocks any given day. Okay, so that's the moat, that's that competitive comparison. Now let's talk about the management. This is the last M, this is about the CEO. So uh, Sean Tanu Norayan has served as uh, the CEO since 2007. I really like to see CEOs that have been around for a while, especially through difficult times. So through the recession of 2008, 2009, and then, of course, COVID, those time periods can be really tough. But how does a business really double down and grow 
And a good business will invest more. They'll buy other companies. They'll they'll invest more in marketing. They're not letting those times uh, cause them to sit on the sidelines. I see this, unfortunately, with some businesses where tough times arrive and then they just sit and wait and wait and wait while the best in class are like, ooh, we're going to use this time to strike while the iron's hot, as you could say. And that's exactly what Adobe has done during more difficult times. Um, so overall, I would say uh, Shantanu has done a great job leading this company. The share price has definitely reached an all-time high since he's been there. And then something else to point out as well is the Glassdoor rating. I know not every company out there is on Glassdoor, but I do like the platform because I like to see the authentic reviews of the company and leadership. There's not really a better place you can find that information. I do like watching interviews of CEOs on YouTube. I'll just type in like interview with XYZ CEO. Um, I know CNBC is a great place. They'll they'll have interviews so you can actually see how does this person answer questions when something goes wrong? Are they taking, you know, are they taking blame for it and then giving us a path forward on how are they getting out of this situation? You know, those are little details we look for. But check this out. Uh, if you're looking at the glass door here on my screen, 4.4 out of 5 is really good. I like to see a 4.0 or higher. And then the CEO approval is 94%. That's incredible. If you can get above 80%, I'd say that's pretty good. So this shows that a lot of people do respect uh, Shantanu. And um, I, I haven't seen too many scores this high. There's maybe a few others. But overall, I'd say... You know, this company has done a great job from a leadership standpoint. I don't see too many bad reviews about the the leadership, middle management. You can see a lot of, typically I do see a lot of bad reviews about middle management. That's a whole nother issue I'll talk about in another video. But uh, from a management standpoint, that's, that box is checked as well. So in summary, let's just kind of recap what we're looking at here. 4Ms, margin of safety. The stock is not on sale. It's watch, but I'm still giving it a pass so we can check check that box. Meaning it's a great business model, highly scalable, B2C and B2B SaaS. Then you have the moat, great competitive advantage against other businesses. And then management, you know, Shantanu again is doing a great job. So we have actually checked all four boxes in this case. If you're looking for a stock to diversify your portfolio, this would definitely be a stock to look at that's not going away anytime soon. If you'd like to see other stocks like Adobe, we welcome you to check out Ticker. Go to ticker.com. You can sign up for a free trial. For those of you who are interested in a course getting up to speed, let's say you're brand new. Our first course is titled Stock Investing for Beginners. All right, that's all for now, and we'll see you in the next video. Hey, I'd like to say thank you for checking out this podcast. I know there's a lot of other podcasts you could be listening to, so thanks for spending some time with me. Also, if you have a moment, could you please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? The more reviews we get, the more Apple will share this podcast with the world. So thanks for doing that. And last thing, if you do hear any stocks mentioned on this podcast, please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not make a buy or sell decision based solely on what you hear. All right, thanks for your time. Talk to you later. See ya.